1: Hey everybody, happy holidays from Necronomapod. We are taking the first week of January off just to celebrate the holidays, but we didn't want to leave you guys hanging and not put out an episode for you. So we decided to release the first ever episode we did that was Patreon exclusive, Son of Sam. This episode was released back last fall when we first launched Patreon, uh, exclusive to members of the $5 tier. We figured for the holidays, we'd release it out to everybody just to give you a little taste of what you might be missing if you're not already one of our $5 tier patrons. If you're interested... We can uh, you can sign up at Patreon.com/slash/Necronomipod. Hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, Five dollar tier a month gets you three of these plus the access to our private Discord. So we hope you guys enjoy. Happy New Years, and then we'll see you guys on January twelfth with Jean-Benet Ramsey, which you guys voted as our first subject of 2020. Cheers. a bonus episode for all of you patrons <laughs> this is it this is the first time we're actually getting paid to sit here and do a little bit of a recording
0: yeah
1: yeah welcome to the exclusive club right yeah, yeah. Thank, how thank many are we up to right now as we record 30 30. so 30 some of you will hear this select group of individuals the rest of the necronominoids or whatever we're going to call them won't get to hear this unless they subscribe yeah it's true
0: yeah thank you for everybody that's signed up so far Very these people cool.
1: clearly have highly refined tastes yeah yes because <laughs> <laughs> we are a highly refined show <laughs> but yeah no it's awesome thank you everyone who has signed up and uh, subscribed to our patron or our patreon um the, um, the Discord's been kind of fun. We have about, what, 14 or 15 people in there? So maybe yeah, half thanks. the patrons. If you haven't signed up for that, check your email. There should be a link. That doesn't expire, does it? Ian? No, I fixed that. Okay, so you should have a link in your email. But jump on into the Discord. Um, we're in and out of there throughout the day chatting with people. There's a bunch of listeners in there that have like an ongoing conversation. It's really fun just to kind of... Um, uh, Talk with everyone and and see what you guys are thinking and just kind of shoot the shit. And I think um, tonight, this is Thursday's episode, so uh, what's the date? 5th. The 5th. So Thursday the 5th, tonight at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time in the United States, all three of us are going to jump on the uh, Discord for about an hour or so. So myself, Ian, and Dave will all be in the room and, uh, you know, we'll talk with you guys. We can talk about Son of Sam, who we're going to cover today, and... uh, um you know talk about whatever you guys want yeah we can talk about britney spears for a little while or i i don't think that's gonna happen we uh, can talk
2: about all these alcoholic fans that are on discord that seem to be up late drinking instead of going to bed when they got to get up and work early in the yeah. morning yeah. 4 a.m some of them <laughs>
1: <laughs> they might uh, drink more than we do yeah but yeah so um that's what thursday the 5th at 8 p.m eastern standard time um, all three of us are going to be in the discord. So if you're already in the discord, jump on at that time and, uh, chat with us. If you haven't already logged into the discord, uh, Ian, um, that you said the link is active from yeah. what we sent from Patreon. Uh, you'll have to download, I think the app. Um, but then if you don't know what Discord is, it's essentially an app that's just one big chat room. And you're, you can go in and out as you please. Uh, you don't have to get notifications when someone messages. And it saves the chat. So if you leave for a couple hours and come back, you can go back and review everything you missed just to kind of catch up if you wanted to. So it's real fun. It's, it's essentially just a big chat room. Did I cover it all? Yeah. Sounds great. Yep. Also, if you're hearing this on Thursday the 5th, uh, uh, you have your 10% coupon code to the store. Get an order in either today or um, tomorrow because Friday the 6th we are finalizing all the orders and getting the shirts off to the printers. So use your 10% uh, discount code in the next uh, couple days because um, we're not sure when we'll have shirts back. Um, so if you if you feel inclined to get something, use that coupon code that you guys have. I think I covered it all now. Yeah. Now my mouth is But wait, there's more. No, that's (laughs) it. We're probably going to get stickers up in the store soon, too. Yeah. So if you wanted to use your coupon for a a sticker, it's not going to take off that much. They're going to be pretty cheap, but we will have those up there, and those will be active probably continuously.
0: I got sidetracked today working on (coughs) other
2: things.
1: You're forgiven. Yeah. Stickers pretty cool. It'll look great in the back window of your automobile. Yeah. So we wanted to do something pretty big and kind of fun for the first episode for Patreon. So what do we got today, Ian?
0: Today we're gonna get get into uh David Berkowitz, the son of Sam. He's gotta be in the top five, right? Oh, most yeah. popular. This guy's a lunatic. Yeah. So let's just let's jump right into him. David Berkowitz was born Richard David Falco. On June 1st, 1953, to mother Betty Broder, who was married to a man named Tony Falco. In 1939, the two of them opened up a fish market because she was, uh, her parents didn't want her to marry an Italian guy.
1: What was their hatred of Italians?
0: I don't know. They just didn't want her to ma- marry an Italian guy, so they just kind of took off and scraped up what they could and opened up this fish market. she was together. Jewish? I, he was, was a, a Gentile? Yeah. Eh. They weren't having it. So and then shortly after they opened the fish market at 1939, they had their a daughter named Rosalind. Eventually, Tony left Betty for another woman, and the fish market just went out of business. So I guess you could say the business floundered?
2: You could. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy.
1: Sorry, <laughs> right, they on. are unsubscribing in droves. <laughs>
0: Betty would start up an affair with a married man named Joseph Kleinman. Things were good in their relationship until Betty ended up getting pregnant. Yeah, that's often the case, right? (laughs) (laughs) Affairs are fun until someone gets pregnant. Just having
1: having a happy, innocent affair. It was all fun and games. I'm pregnant. Uh, What's your name? (laughs) Sorry, do I know you?
0: (laughs) Joseph told her that he would never pay child support and would end their relationship if she didn't give up the baby. So, before David Berkowitz was born, he was already scheduled to be given up for adoption.
1: So, he wasn't born when his mom owned the fish market. No. this she He came along after the fact. Right. She okay. He
0: was a product of this affair. This
1: affair. But she was single, just sleeping with a married man. Right. She wasn't cheating on Tony Falco.
0: No. He had left her. The he fish thing went her. out of business, and then she met this married guy.
2: But also, from what I read, she gave him the last name of Falco when he was born. Which is very strange as well. Yeah,
0: he was born Richard David Falco.
2: Yeah, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird. David was adopted by a childless Jewish couple named Nat and Pearl Berkowitz, and they just flipped his first name and middle name. They just flipped it to David Richard mm. Berkowitz.
1: He, was he still just a baby when he was adopted? Yeah. Like, first, So he wouldn't even have known his name? Yeah,
0: he was scheduled to be adopted what, as already- soon as... Um, as soon as he was born. How did she get to name him then? That's kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was different. I don't know how all that works, especially back then. Yeah, He grew up with his adopted parents in a normal middle-class household and was known to be spoiled as a child. And his adoptive parents always bought him gifts and just showered him with love like they were... Toting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He looks spoiled. Like a spoiled punk.
0: <laughs> I don't
1: even know what he looks like. I haven't seen a photo of him. Really? Yeah.
2: Um, and cue the Mindhunter reference But the guy that they had playing him in Mindhunter Was yeah. I read that he had to go through Six hours of prosthetics Before that
0: shoot Really? To yeah. get him to look like yeah. him? He was really good though Yeah he did He did play him well
1: Oh he almost has mm-hmm. He almost has like a, a Rocky Balboa look to him Or Al Capone-ish a little bit maybe? Yeah Yeah I don't know His face just looks like it's beat up it's Kind of nice little unibrow going <laughs> Yeah he's an ugly dude Yeah
0: So the mistake, you know, his his adoptive parents were great, but the one mistake they did make was that they told David his biological mother died while giving birth to him. Hmm. Kind of like Tyrion, huh, Mike? Sorry. Like Tyrion? His mom
2: died giving birth to him? Tyrion Lannister. Yeah. Tyrion Lannister. It was just like that. The imp?
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's what I was thinking the whole time.
0: Okay. (laughs) So he, uh, he felt guilty about this for his whole life basically for his childhood and then teenage years he blamed himself for her supposed death
2: yeah that'll fuck you up i guess yeah what's a, worse thinking you killed your mom or that your mom didn't want you so she gave you away i
0: don't know i don't,
1: know. I don't think i could be in touch with those kinds of feelings <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah
0: i don't know it, it uh, they shouldn't i don't know it's just a shitty lie to make up really it i is. feel like there's something better you could have came up with than yeah, that sure like a lot of serial killers, David suffered suffered head injuries as a child. One when he was four years old when another kid uh, dropped a rock off the top of a building and hit him in his head Damn. while they were out playing, yeah. What a dick thing to do. <laughs> right. And then another at seven years old, and he was hit by a car while he was out playing in the street. Yeah. So after the second head injury, he became very hyperactive and aggressive and was starting to be known as a bully to other kids in the neighborhood. He was taken to a psychologist by his adoptive parents, but nothing ever came of it, and he never got in any real trouble. It was just, he sounded like a kid that had ADD. It's just petty stuff. Yeah, but it was after this head injury that kind of flipped him a little bit, which is kind of, a lot of these guys, especially like the front of your brain, you get hit right in the front of your mm-hmm. head and it fucks you up. Like the NFL concussion stuff. Yeah. It's related, right? Same kind yeah. of thing. David's adoptive mother, Pearl, had suffered from breast cancer before they adopted him. And this was something that he was never told about. He was extremely close with Pearl. So it was a shock to David to learn that she had she again had cancer in 1965. Pearl's true condition was hidden from David through this whole time. And the family moved forward like nothing was wrong. So it was kind of like he was just told, hey, you know, she has cancer. But and that was the end of it. He Mm -hmm. was never told like what any doctor's appointments were it was really
1: Hmm. a weird like just they just like kind of coddled him and they didn't want him to be upset or have to know anything was wrong yeah they spoiled him and got him everything he wanted and didn't want him to think that that she you know that anything bad could happen right probably not very healthy probably not because at this time he's what 13 14 years old yeah
0: and he's extremely close with her yeah like extremely close to her
2: so he already thinks he killed his biological mom. Now he's probably right. starting to think, well, maybe I gave her the cancer or something like that. Right. Yeah.
0: The Bronx neighborhood that they lived in was changing to be a majority Hispanic community, and David would start getting bullied and called "quote Jew boy" all the time. That's not very nice by other kids. So they they're do- so
1: they're so smart and clever with their nicknames, <laughs> these bullies. <laughs>
0: They decided to move out of the neighborhood due to this. But by the time their new apartment was ready for them to move into, Pearl had died from breast cancer in 1967. And this was a complete shock to David because he was basically just kept in the dark this whole time about her health. And do you think they even taught him what death was?
1: Like, did he even know people died? I,
0: you know, I don't know. It just seemed like one day she's I, fine. It, next day she's dead. Right. And just trying to process mind. it. Yeah. And he never knew that anything was wrong. It's just, it's a it's really. Tough.
1: He has a terrible track record with moms.
0: <laughs> it's just a really weird thing to do to your kid. I mean, I get potentially thinking that you're helping him, but. Right. And they didn't know that
1: he was going to have those issues with his biological mom. Right. But still, it's it's weird. Yeah.
0: So after Pearl died, David's uh, grades in school declined and he became a loner and very introverted. In 1971, his adoptive father, Nat, remarried a woman that uh, did not get along with David or like him.
1: Always that person in every serial killer story, <laughs> that uh, parental figure that just fucking sucks.
0: Yeah, and I, I just think it was, to sound like she just didn't like him, for whatever reason.
1: Mm-hmm. Of all the moms Berkowitz killed, he couldn't get rid of this one. Oof. <laughs> 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 So Nat. I meant his own moms, <laughs> not the other ones that we're going to get to
0: his dad, Nat, and uh, or his adoptive father, Nat, and his new wife moved to Florida, leaving David behind in New York by himself. And he was just 17. Another yeah. parenting
1: move I'm going to question. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, 17's getting close. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess
1: what do we still or when they're 70s. So yeah, 71. 71. That still just seems rather young. Yeah just, just to, to be to like okay it. we're moving a whole country half a country away and you're not coming cuz yeah. the new lady doesn't
0: like you. Yeah <laughs>
1: was that the reasoning she didn't want him to go?
0: Yeah, she didn't like him. Is this his version though? Hey, it must be so. But there's other people like the next lady we're going to get into kind of okay. gave an account of stuff because he did have a good group of friends and kind of a girl a girlfriend named Iris Gerhart. Hmm. Um she said that they never got intimate but she did really like him a lot.
3: That's nice.
2: Yeah. Not even a hander? No,
0: he was a virgin. He never anything. His whole life? For David, yeah. Until he got to prison? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Damn.
1: I feel That's like rough. maybe if this guy would have gotten off once, it would have solved a lot of these issues. He wouldn't have been so uptight. Potentially, because, yeah. We'll y- yeah,
0: probably, I would say. We'll get
1: into some of his reasonings later on. Jesus. Well, I guess not just got off, actually had sex, because he used to yeah. get himself off. Maybe just one time was all he needed. Yeah, he's... uh,
0: Unfortunately, there were no prostitutes in New York City in the 70s.
1: No, of course not.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's kind of... uh, We'll see here. He's kind of like the original blueprint for this, like, loner killer that can't... is very socially awkward, can't... Express himself. ...find any relationships with a woman and then decides to take it out on women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of... big community of those kind of people online. He's kind of like the blueprint for for those kind of people. But so in the in that summer of 71 he joined the army. So at this point he was the son of Uncle Sam. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he, he avoided Vietnam and was stationed in South Korea, and even though he scored really high on his aptitude test for the army, he was still sent to serve as basically an administrator. And he wasn't thrilled with that because he had these dreams in his head of being like this war hero kind of mm-hmm. kind of thing.
1: That's probably why we lost the fucking war. Because David Berkowitz wasn't there. We had a well-qualified, smart individual, and what did they send him off to an office job? In South Korea. Yeah. You know, Which is exactly place. where I'd want to be, in Vietnam <laughs> yeah. <and> not in <laughs> right. Vietnam. Right. I don't disagree with that.
2: Remember our, our Uber friend from uh, that was stationed in South Korea told us That's about right. all the great hookers
1: in, in yeah. South Korea that he, he banged He
0: himself a time. He loved it. Where was that? Where did, you, where did you guys go for that? Was that the KISS thing? On the way home from the KISS concert. Is that,
1: that's when it was, yeah. Uh, I couldn't remember what Best it was. Best Uber driver ever. <laughs> he was t- full of all kinds of stuff. Oh, we yeah. didn't find that out until he was like t- five minutes from our home. <laughs> like, dude, we've just driven with you for 45 minutes. You're waiting until now to tell us all this? <laughs> Goddamn, pal.
0: What David did learn in the Army was the how to shoot a gun. And he was within sharpshooter range. But no, let's say South Korea. Yeah. I think it was... 37 bullseyes out of 100 or out of 75. Hmm? Which He's is pretty damn as good. good. As me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> During his time in the military, he experimented with acid and weed and bounced around between different religious beliefs. Initially, he was well liked and had this whole like peace and love kind of attitude, but this consistent acid use seemed to kind of bring a, a darker view into. In the shit that David was talking mm, about. No kidding. A lot of acid use with this guy. i will do it, man. <laughs> yeah. Change the chemistry of your brain. You got to kind of know when to stop. I mean, I've never done mm-hmm. anything like that, but I can assume you need to figure out a time to chill on it. I think that's right. I think it rewires your brain after, like at a certain
1: point. One thing Berkowitz is lacking, it's self-control. <laughs> <laughs> so he was
0: honorably discharged in 1974 and returned to the Bronx and got a security job at IBI security and just went right back to being a loner. At this time he found out that his biological mother was actually still alive, but when he went to see her, he was disappointed in what he found. He had when he found out that she was alive, he built her up as like this beautiful woman and there must have been something some terrible reason that she got rid of him and when he got there she was just a normal Looking lady, and he found out that it was because of an affair. So, broke his heart. Another letdown. Yeah. So he was another brick in the wall, if you will. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So he was mad, and he never saw her again. And that's something with these, because Ted Bundy has this kind of along the same lines as this story too. This finding out you're illegitimate just kind of threw him and and Ted and Ted Bundy off. Mm. Maybe it's because of the times. I don't know. More shame associated. Yeah. Kind of like another, another bastard we know. Jon Snow. I'm sorry, who? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, the bastard of Winterfell?
1: <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about him. He's cousins with uh, Daenerys, or, right? Aren't they related or cousins or something?
2: Turns out that
0: they. Uh, he's hurt See? her nephew. Well, of yeah. course, I know. Banging his aunt. Yeah.
1: Spoiler alert for
0: anybody that's Damn. still watching. Uh-oh. <laughs> whoop, whoop.
1: Uh-oh. People are going to be pissed. <laughs> All 30 patrons.
2: Look, I think if patrons have such refined taste as to be members of our Patreon, they've clearly watched Game of Thrones at this point.
1: Or they're like me and don't watch and don't give a shit about the spoilers because they don't intend to.
3: <laughs> I
2: love this Game of Thrones talk. <laughs> He just looks down. He's like, move on, asshole. I'm, I'm ready to move on. This is boring me.
1: I don't get these references. So to
0: get an idea of David's outlook on life after meeting his biological mother, this is a letter that he sent to his adoptive father in 1975.
1: It's cold and gloomy here in New York, but that's okay because the weather fits my mood. Gloomy. Dad, the world is getting dark now. I can feel it more and more. The people, they're developing a hatred for me. You wouldn't believe how much some people hate me. Many of them want to kill me. I don't even know these people, but they still hate me. Most of them are young. I walk down the street and they spit and kick at me. The girls call me ugly and they bother me the most. The guys just laugh. Anyhow, things will soon change for the better. So. Dot, 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 dot.
2: Clearly signs of delusion already. Yeah, talking about people spitting and kicking. Yeah.
1: the dad yeah. do anything? And people just laughing at him, like that's...
0: Yeah.
1: He's mm. just, yeah, he's got something going on.
0: I don't think any of the, anybody was even talking to him, to be honest, you know. It sounded like he was just a complete loner. Yeah. Maybe stepmom got the letter and shredded it. <laughs> just like, fuck this. Not this wacko
2: coming down here to Florida.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, during this time, David started showing classic serial killer traits. Um, He committed 1,488 arsons around New York and kept a diary of each one where he referred to himself as, quote, the Phantom of the Bronx.
2: Loves nicknames, huh? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. He's good at branding. This is one of many we're
2: going to get into, I think. (laughs) I would reference the McDonald Triad, but we've already been corrected by our friends in Australia that it's no longer a thing.
1: And now you made me hungry because now I want a quarter pounder <laughs> with cheese and a Big Mac and a fry.
0: I'm still interested in that, though. I mean, maybe it can't predict, but it does seem that a lot of these guys love setting fires and oh yeah, love killing animals. Maybe and when we shit.
1: get when we get enough to get the soundboard, we can have some listeners call in and dis- uh, explain that to us. I would like that. Some of the patrons, and we do a patron call-in show.
0: Yeah. David kept dwelling on this growing hatred of women that he had in his head until he decided that it was time to kill someone. On Christmas Eve 1975, he used a hunting knife to attack two women. One victim he claims to have attacked was never identified by the police, but the other was a teenage girl named Michelle Foreman. Like a lot of these guys, they find out that killing someone is way harder than they expected. David thought this was just going to be like a movie and he was going to stab her once and she was just going to fall down and die. But uh, she started screaming, put up a fight. and
1: He learned quick that people don't like to be stabbed. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then David ran away, and he didn't successfully kill anyone that night. And, and then that's like even guys that strangle people. They always say their first victim is yeah. a lot harder than they thought. Then they get into a
1: groove. I feel like someone yeah. like Richard Ramirez didn't have any issues with that. No, mostly because he'll just beat you over the head while you're sleeping. <laughs> yeah, you or know, shoot or fight you back. Yeah.
0: After this, David moved from the Bronx to a studio studio apartment in Yonkers. At this apartment, he would move next door to a man named Sam Carr, who had a black lab named Harvey. And David claimed that this dog was possessed by an ancient demon, and the son of that demon ordered him to start committing the murders. He also put blankets up over his windows and started writing things on his wall like, quote, In this hole lives the wicked king. I kill for my master. I turn children into killers. Okay.
1: Ooh, <laughs> aggressive.
0: Yeah. What kind of dog was this? A black lab named Harvey. Hmm. Well, that's possible, I guess. <laughs> Ancient demons
2: are ancient demons, right? They can uh,
0: possess whatever they want. But it wasn't even the ancient demon, it was the son
1: of that ancient demon. <sighs> it's true. It's a good point. Hmm. It's like the millennial version of that demon. <laughs> so it was really entitled and snooty. and Maybe it was Black Shook. Ooh. Mm. But that would be the dog itself, though, right?
0: Not Black Shook's son. Mm. Yeah. It's really getting complicated <laughs> at this point. Around this time David drove down to Texas to visit a friend from the army and he had this friend buy him a gun because David didn't have a proper driver's license so his friend bought him a 44 caliber bulldog revolver and that's where David's uh David's killing spree started I kind of feel bad for the guy in Texas because he considered David his best for like one of the best friends he's ever had in his life I'm like, can't Can make another friend, man. <laughs> Here he went and armed him, <laughs> yeah. poor guy. Great. Well, and then, but I mean, I can't imagine David Berkowitz was that fun to hang around with.
1: Yeah, always being gloomy and <laughs> depressed.
0: <laughs> right. That's what I mean. maybe he should have just went down to Texas and lived, just, just hung out, with out, that out in guy. the sun.
1: He might have had a whole new
2: uh, outlook on life.
0: Yeah, gloomy New York City. Yeah, if he wasn't happy. Yeah. So when David got back to the Bronx, he quit his job as a security guard and got a job driving taxis so he could get used to knowing the streets better and, and look for victims.
2: Smart. Smart move. Mm-hmm.
0: On July 29th, 1976, around 1.10 a.m., Donna Loria, age 18, and Jody Valenti, age 19, were sitting in Jody's car in Pelham, Bronx. And they were just leaving, um, they had just gotten out of the Peachtree Disco. As Donna opened up the door to get out, David quickly walked towards the car and pulled out the 44 out of a brown paper bag and started shooting. Donna was shot in the head killing her instantly and Jody was hit in the in the thigh with a bullet and then David just turned and walked like just took off down the street. What do you get out of these kind of killings? Seem to be much
2: to it, you know. You, you talk about Kemper and all these guys with their up close strangling and stuff, yeah. But just walking up to a car and shooting and running, I guess, I don't just maybe the, the thrill of
0: doing it.
1: Just comp- don't, doesn't he touch on that later? Yeah, like he used to kind of get off thinking about the scenario, not necessarily the act, right? Wasn't it just like this? I mean, I guess we'll touch on that a little bit later, yeah. To jump ahead it just
0: but. seems like such a distant non pleasure, I don't know. He's very rare for serial killers to use a gun. Yeah, a lot don't. It's just so not really hands on. Yeah, many don't use. Just a quick guns. way to take
1: out anger on women. Yeah, it might be something of that. Yeah. And when he did, well, how did he? He tried stabbing that first girl. It Maybe that work. was too personal for him because you got to get up close. So a gun's just from a distance. Yeah,
0: that's true. Jody survived the attack. Um, and when she was asked for a description, she said she didn't recognize the guy that shot her. She described him as 5'9", about 160 pounds, with short, dark hair. Neighbors, including Jody's father, reported seeing a similar man driving around the neighborhood in a yellow car a couple hours before the shooting. And initially, this crime was just lost in the mix of other murders in New York, because at this time, New York had an average of 2,000 murders a year.
2: Yeah, that was crazy in the 70s yeah. in New York City.
0: Because I was looking up, like, nowadays it's like 400 yeah. a year is the average. So 2000's a lot of fucking people. It was people. wild back
2: then, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a lot of fucking killings. Yeah.
0: On October 23rd, 1976, Carl De Niro and Rosemary Keenan were sitting in Rosemary's car in Flushing, Queens. After spending the night at a bar with their friends... At 2.30 a.m., David walked up to the car and fired five quick shots directly at the window. Rosemary panicked and just started driving and didn't realize that Carl had been shot in the head. She drove back to the bar and their friends called an ambulance. Carl survived the attack, but had to get a metal plate put in his head to replace part of his skull. Ugh, and terrible. from what I read, he was not the same I'm sure. ever man. again. Are some people's skulls thicker?
1: I don't know. I, I would imagine it's possible. Yeah. I don't know. Is that I mean <laughs> I don't know. I'm just asking a question.
2: <laughs> Seems like some of these people that can survive a forty four
0: slug to the head. I guess it might have just been think a, it at would an be angle odd that or whatever.
1: everyone's skull would be the exact same. I, I would don't imagine know. some might be a little thicker.
0: Well, you know what's interesting about the Bulldog forty four when I was reading about it is it was designed for um, airplane cabins to um, to fight back against hijackings Because there was really? a lot of hijackings going on So it was designed for real close But it wasn't uh, It wasn't intended to be able to puncture Like the Anything in the cockpit that would fuck the plane up So it wasn't That's interesting. It wasn't like a really powerful Like you had to be really up close to, interesting. to do yeah. damage it's co- Yeah Yeah because it is a smaller gun I think a
2: Dirty Harry When I think of a 44 with that long ass You know Right But oh, the snub
0: right. nose,
1: it's a lot smaller yeah.
0: Yeah, so the bulldog model was yeah. made for, huh. technically made for airplanes. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Oh, that is tiny.
0: That's what she said. <laughs> yeah, it's just a little guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a cute little gun. <laughs> police knew that the bullets came from a forty four, but they were so damaged that they couldn't be linked to a certain gun. Carl had shoulder-length hair, and the police figured that the attacker probably thought that he was a woman. Rosemary's father was a NYPD detective who had been there for 20 years. So this started a massive investigation into into what had happened here. But with the previous crime, police didn't have a motive and neither Rosemary or Carl saw who attacked them. And this wasn't linked to the first crime either because it happened in a different borough and was being investigated by a different police department. And none of, they don't talk to each other. You know, mm. they didn't talk to each other back then. So. And this is in the
2: early days of profiling. And like you said, outside of the standard MO, you know, with
0: the gun use. Right. On November 27th, 1976, Donna DeMassi, age 16, and Joanne Lomino, age 18, walked home after seeing a movie around midnight. They stood on the porch of Joanne's apartment in Bellrose, Queens, and just talk for a bit when David walked up and started to ask for directions and they said in a real high pitched voice David said quote can you tell me how to get and before he finished his sentence he shot both of the girls
1: once you mean he said can you tell me how to get yeah. <laughs> to Sesame Street <laughs> <laughs> can you tell me how to get <laughs> bang bang
2: <laughs> what a
0: dickhead yeah.
2: this fucking, I hate this guy
0: he fired more shots that hit the apartment building, and then took off running away.
1: What was the point of the high-pitched voice? I don't know. To just like to just um. Who knows, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like, to asshole. disguise his voice. Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, that's just weird. Hey, girls, how do you get? To- I mean, that doesn't make him sound like more personable. That's kind of scary. You know that, what I mean? Like, if you walked up and had, like, this weird,
0: fake... ugly-ass guy with the...
1: Yeah. Like, he doesn't look vo- like he has a high-pitched voice. Right. Yeah. All right. Any hoodles.
0: A neighbor heard the gunshots and came running out to find um to find both the girls on the ground wounded, and he said he saw a blonde-haired man leaving the area. Donna had been shot in the neck, but it wasn't a life-threatening wound. However, Joanne was shot in the back and hospitalized in serious condition. She would end up being paralyzed from the waist down for the rest of her life. So we think he was wearing a wig. What's the deal with the blonde sightings? We'll get into that later on, because that that part's interesting. Something it I is didn't, interesting. I did not. I honestly didn't know about it. Yeah. So. On January 30th, 1977, Christine Freund, age 26, and her fiance John Deal, age 30, were sitting in John's car in Queens, getting ready to drive to a disco after seeing Rocky
1: the second rocky balboa reference of the show (laughs) for those of you who were keeping score at home
0: around 12 40 a.m three shots were fired into john's car he panicked and started driving he had some injuries from the glass breaking but christine had been shot twice and died hours later in the hospital and again neither of them saw who attacked them
2: she said at this point maybe you're not sitting out in your car
1: somewhere in the middle of the night anymore you would think. I mean, well, had I it become know. widespread yet, though? Like, I don't know. Had this made mainstream throughout Like, New it York wasn't city? publicized
2: yeah. enough where you would have your guard up, like, yeah. That like, be. at this
1: point, it might have still just been random killings and they hadn't put it all together, right? And I guess
2: when you have 2,000 murders in your city, yeah. you're used to it's it, true. right? You're kind of immune to so those stories. So, I guess 2,000
1: murders, if you're in your city, you're not, I wouldn't be sitting in my car at night. Like, I'd get out of my car, I'd go true. in my fucking house and lock the door. Yeah. And, and then drink myself to a drunken stupor because I live in a city that's got 2000 deaths a year. Right.
0: Well, this is the, this is actually the murder that caused the police to issue a public statement that they could possibly link to uh, to all the others. Because all the victims had been shot with a 44 and the killer seemed to target women with long, dark hair. There were composite sketches released for a dark haired man and a blonde-haired man, and the police said that they were looking for multiple suspects.
1: Were the dark-haired man and blonde-haired man described as looking the same? Like, just was it the dark... same face, just one with dark hair and one with blonde hair? Or was there different descriptions for both men?
0: From what I have read, it's just the different hair.
1: But the same kind of face
0: right. description. This is an interesting uh, twist to this story. Yeah. And you got to think, too, is most those are coming from... Just a few people, most didn't even see him, so they don't Mm -hmm. even know who to describe. They were just sitting in their car and just get shot. And we'll talk about it later, but I think it raises the possibility that maybe there was other people involved in this. Right. Yep. On March 8th, 1977, Virginia Voskarichian, age 19.
1: You got that name right, and you struggled with (laughs) asphyxiation last week? Well, good for you, man. That's impressive.
0: She was walking home from um, school at Columbia University when she was approached by David pointing a gun at her. She held up her textbooks in front of her face in an attempt to shield herself, but a single bullet went through the books, hitting her in the head, killing her instantly.
1: Oh, God damn. Yeah. I feel that's nuts, too, because some of those textbooks are huge. And yeah. it's especially if we're saying these are bullets that maybe weren't meant to go through a lot of things.
0: Right. Mm. That may, I don't know that there, there's something always about like descriptions where people are def- like, um, like defensive wounds to hands when people are getting stabbed, mm-hmm. you know, or I think like this, you mentioned this. that before. Yeah. yeah. Or like this, like holding your, like, there you have nowhere else to go? You just hold your book up and, uh, cause it's so detailed. You can envision it. Yeah. Be, yeah.
1: And you would imagine like that could be something you would do, you right. know? like just try to block and then yep. fatal shot.
0: A man in the neighborhood heard the gunshots and he was running onto Virginia Street, and he almost ran into David as he was fleeing the scene. The man described David as being chubby, clean-shaven, wearing a sweater and a hat. And he said, as, as he almost ran into David, David said, oh, Jesus, and pulled his hat over his
1: face. Hmm. Do you think he said, oh, Jesus? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Not to be confused with the children of God, who were saying, oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh. Or something like that. Well, they had masturbatory rules they had to follow <laughs> right? as required. Yeah, <laughs> Berkowitz was following the rules right there. Hey, he dabbled in different religions. Oh, Maybe he man. stumbled across Children of God at one point. <laughs> he was
2: just
0: out doing some flirty
1: fishing. <laughs>
0: bulldog 44. He came
1: right as he was running into that guy. That's why he was saying, oh, Jesus.
0: On March 1st, 1977, the NYPD and public officials held a press conference, stating that officially stating that all these crimes were linked, in that they had a serial killer on their hands. The media reported that the killer seemed to be targeting women with long dark hair and that were attending discos. They also dubbed David the 44 caliber killer, mm. and that's where people start start panicking. Women started dyeing their hair blonde. You Whip. mean there was panic at the disco? Good one.
1: <laughs> I like it. It, it wrote itself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well I mean women were dying their hair blonde and buying wigs. Wig stores were selling out of out of wigs. People stopped going to discos for the most part and the documentary I was watching, they had like old news footage, like reporters out on the street
2: stopping women, and asking them if they think they're at risk because of their long dark hair. Are they worried? They're like, "Yeah, asshole, I'm worried."
1: What <laughs> <laughs> the fuck do you think, you little bitch?
2: <laughs> Crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I would imagine that the discos were probably a pretty, pretty big, big thing in New York City. Oh like, yeah, you know. So the the disco business was down, and the wig stores were up. Wig stores were probably loving it. How so many people that. are buying? Meanwhile, the wig. discos
1: are putting up like out of business signs, <laughs> right. boarding up their
2: windows. Hmm. Maybe it was a plot by the owners of the wig stores, and they hired him to do this.
1: Maybe it was a plot by rock and roll to kill disco. Maybe so. <laughs> Something to think about. We're not saying. We're just saying. Just supposing.
0: <laughs> On April seventeenth, nineteen seventy-seven, Alexander Isao, age thirty, and Valentina Suriani, age eighteen were sitting in Valentina's car near the Bronx when David fired his forty-four into the car. Alexander and Valentina were both shot twice. Valentina died at the scene of the crime, and Alexander died at the hospital a few hours later. Um, but while he was still while he was being attended to, he he wasn't able to give a description of anything. It sounded yeah. like he wasn't really able to talk. Yeah close to Valentina's body, police found a handwritten letter addressed to uh, NYPD captain Joseph Borelli. lots well, of like dopey misspellings. Yeah, a lot of
1: misspellings. So here's here's his, uh, his famous letter. I am deeply hurt by your calling me a woman hater. I am not, but I am a monster. I am the son of Sam. I am a little brat. When Father Sam gets drunk, he gets mean. He beats his family. Sometimes he ties me up to the back of the house. Other times, he locks me in the garage. Sam loves to drink blood. Go out and kill, commands Father Sam. Behind our house some rest, mostly young, raped and slaughtered, their blood drained, just bones now. Papa Sam keeps me locked in the attic, too. I can't get out, but I look out the attic window and watch the world go by. I feel like an outsider. I am on a different wavelength than everybody else, programmed to kill. However, to stop me, you must kill me attention all police shoot me first shoot to kill or else keep out of my way or you will die papa sam is old now he needs some blood to preserve his youth he's had too many heart attacks too many heart attacks ugh me hoot it hurts sonny boy i miss my pretty princess most of all she's resting in our lady's house but i'll see her soon i am the monster Beelzebub, the chubby behemoth i love to hunt Prowling the streets looking for fair game Tasty meat The women of Queens are the prettiest of all I must be the water they drink I live for the hunt My life, blood for Papa Mr. Borelli, sir I don't want to kill anymore No sir, no more But I must honor thy father I want to make love to the world I love people I don't belong on earth Return me to yahoos (coughs) To the people of Queens, I love you And I want to wish all of you a happy Easter. May God bless you in this life and in the next. And for now, I say goodbye and good night. Police, let me haunt you with these words. I'll be back. I'll be back. To be interpreted as bang, 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 bank, bang. uh. Yours in murder, Mr. Monster. I hate this (laughs) fucking guy. Oh, my God. What a random word. Why is bang, 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 bank, bang? Uh, He had all kind of misspellings in there. So you think that was just a misspelling? How can it be? Maybe uh, it was Ian's typo. <laughs> but he said he copied and pasted. <laughs> yeah, from I did. the actual letter. I'm kidding.
0: I don't know why. <laughs> I, I wanted it to this. be
1: a typo. i to have to read some of that. <laughs> it hurts.
0: For women, how he said spelled Weeman.
1: That. Oh, I had to think I just read it as women.
2: Is it just an act to make people think he's crazy? I think so. He knows he'll eventually
0: be caught, and just setting up the insanity defense. It's creepy as fuck. The letter, and especially for in the seventies when no one's used to that. It is out there. Yeah. Cause initially the police only released part of the letter to the media. And so he was no longer the 44 caliber killer. Now he was the son of Sam. Son of Sam sounds better anyways. Fuck yeah. And it's creepy because then you're thinking like, who's Sam? Yeah. Who the fuck <laughs> is true. Sam? It's weird. Think of
1: that, but yeah, back then you'd be like, okay, well, wait a minute. Who the fuck Sam? What are we doing here?
0: <laughs> like maybe Sam's worse than this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so the police were receiving tons of tips with people claiming to know who the son of Sam was. There was ex-wives and ex-girlfriends calling in on their, uh, their former lovers for revenge. <laughs> nice. <laughs> People who owe... People are such pieces of shit. Oh, man.
1: There's people getting murdered, and they're just out for revenge on their ex because <laughs> they didn't call you back, or they dumped you, or whatever.
0: There's one of my, There was one that I was reading with this ex-wife, this account of some this ex-wife calling in and saying, like, oh, my husband has a thing for girls, or my ex-husband has a thing for girls with long, dark hair, and oh my gosh. the police were like, yeah, okay, all right, lady. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Thanks for the tip. We'll add it to the 4 million other tips we just got in the last hour.
0: Well, th- there were even people who owed money to like loan sharks and shit that were calling in to blame it on them to buy some That's time. That's
2: really fun. See, that, that I
1: get a little more. You're just trying to not get killed.
0: That's some
2: creative shit right there. Like <laughs> Jimmy the Chin's going to break my kneecaps today, so I'm going you know
1: to call he him as the son of Sam. I, I think he loves women with long, dark hair. Maybe <laughs> I should call him in.
0: And there were ones where people... There were some reports out there where people were caught with, like, having a 44. And before the police get there, there's, like, mobs of people. Like, hey, that asshole's got a 44. That's the son of Sam. Like, beat the fuck out of people. <laughs> oh my gosh. The whole city was going nuts over this. Hmm. So, on May 30th, 1977, Daily News reporter Jimmy Breslin received a letter from David. The letter was postmarked from Englewood, New Jersey on the same day as May 30th, and had, quote, "...blood and family, darkness and death, absolute depravity, 44," written on the back side of the envelope, and the letter
1: said, "...hello from the gutters of New York City, which are filled with dog manure, vomit, stale wine, urine, and blood. Hello from the sewers of New York City, which swallow up these delicacies when they are washed away by the sweeper trucks." Hello from the cracks in the sidewalks of New York City and from the ants that dwell in these cracks and feed in the dried blood of the dead that has settled into the cracks. JB, I'm just dropping you a line to let you know that I appreciate your interest in those recent and horrendous 44 caliber killings. I also want to tell you that I I read your column daily and I find it quite informative. Tell me, Jim, what will you have for July 29th? (laughs) You can forget about me if you like because I don't care for publicity. However, you must not forget Donna Lauria, and you cannot let people forget her either. She was a very, very sweet girl, but Sam's a thirsty lad, and he won't let me stop killing until he gets his fill of blood. Mr. Breslin, sir, don't think that because you haven't heard from me for a while that I went to sleep. No, rather, I am still there. Like a spirit roaming the night, thirsty, hungry, seldom stopping to rest, anxious to please Sam. I love my work. Now the void has been filled. Perhaps we shall meet face to face someday, or perhaps I will be blown away by cops with smoking 38s. Whatever, if I shall be fortunate enough to meet you, I will tell you all about Sam if you like, and I will introduce you to him. His name is Sam the Terrible. Not knowing what the future holds, I shall say farewell, and I will see you at the next job. Or should I say, you will see my handiwork at the next job. Remember, Miss Laria. Thank you. In their blood and from the gutter, Sam's creation, forty-four caliber. Here are some names to help you along. Forward them to the inspector for use by N.C.I.C. The Duke of Death, the Wicked King Wicker, the twenty-two disciples of Hell, John Wheaties, rapist and suffocator of young girls. P.S. Please inform all the detectives working the slaying to remain. P.S. J.B. Please inform all of the detectives working the case that I wish them the best of luck. Keep them digging, drive on, think positive, get off your butts, knock on coffins, etc. Upon my capture, I promise to buy all the guys working the case a new pair of shoes if I can get up the money. Son of Sam. an asshole. What the
2: fuck? Uh, that's something. New pair of
0: shoes, huh? <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. Him. you think they were Yeezys? <laughs> Doubtful. <laughs> I, uh, going through BTK's letters, say what you will about him. He's good at branding and good at writing letters, son of Sam.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that. Writing these letters, but of course he doesn't care for the publicity.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's
1: sending letters to newspaper editors.
0: Yeah. I wish I could remember some of the BTK names he came up for himself off the top of my head because they were all fucking terrible. Terrible. But then you got David Berkowitz out here. The Wicked King of Wicker. I like that one.
1: Yeah, what the fuck does it mean? I don't know. You going to start using huh? it now? Yeah. Get that tattooed across your shoulders. The Wicked King of Wicker. Better go with my Wicked Clowns tattoo on my back mm-hmm. for ICP. The hatchet Man. That's right. Psychopathic Records. <laughs> That's
0: terrible. <laughs> <laughs> whoop whoop. <laughs> So, underneath this, uh, the Son of Sam signature was a symbol that combined several different symbols. It almost looked like a. uh, Like a mashup? Yeah. Weird. Looked like a sigil. What's that? Like a chaos magic symbol Mm. or sigil. That's what it reminded me of, where you combine a bunch of different uh, letters together and shit, which is kind of interesting for what we get into later. So, Breslin notified the police and they began trying to make sense of the letter. They were digging through everything, and they even attended uh, a private screening of The Wicker Man to try and... That's like, a cool with, movie. Yeah, but with the whole Wicked King of Wicker thing, trying yeah, to figure yeah. out if there was something to that or what.
1: Is The Wicker Man a horror movie?
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's... Uh,
2: it's. I think it's like 73,
0: and then there was a remake with
2: Nicolas Cage, what, about a decade ago? Yeah. I'm
1: sure it's awesome. It was good. They're both good. Hmm. Is the original better, though, probably? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like well, I Nicholas. Creepy. Yeah. I want to watch it just so I understand more about this nickname, the Wicker Man of Wicked Witch or I think whatever. He just it is. pulled
0: it out of his ass. <laughs> right, right. He just liked alliteration. He was
1: <laughs>
2: sitting in a
0: fucking wicker chair at
1: his apartment. <laughs> well, what about John Wheaties, rapist and suffocator of young girls? He was eating a bowl of Wheaties in his wicker chair. <laughs> John Wheaties. <laughs> I mean, jot that down. Duke of Death's underrated too. That's, That's a good I'm one. Saying. he's
0: it's not bad that one. He's got some branding going on. So the New York Daily published the letter a week later after working on an agreement with the police to withhold some of it. This issue of the New York Daily still holds the paper's highest recorded sales, with 1.1 million copies being sold that day. Um, The the police received thousands of more tips, but none of them were worthwhile. They were all useless.
2: That's a huge amount of newspapers in one day. God
0: damn.
1: Yep. They went platinum in one day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so on June 26, 1977.
1: Does the New York, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. does the New York Daily News still, are they still around? And this, it's hard to keep up with what newspapers are still around nowadays. Isn't that the newspaper that has the page six stories? Is that stuff? what it is? It's That's why I think so. I think so. It's that some kind of daily news. Yeah.
0: Isn't the New York Post the one that posts like they oh, maybe have, that's the New York Post? They have like the nonsense headlines and shit yeah, all the time. maybe that's what like I'm Bat Boy? Of. No, not that bad. But
1: well, wait a minute now. What's bad about Batboy? Oh,
0: there's nothing bad about.
2: They always Bat just Boy. do wordy, you know, punny, yeah. punny kind of headlines. That
1: would and be a stuff. fun bonus episode one day. Batboy, or just get a couple of those newspapers In or room. articles and go through some of them. Hell yeah!
0: Yeah, I remember not that long when Anthony Weiner just got out of. Mm. jail or something <laughs> they had some ridiculous ass uh headline about about <laughs> him yeah. about him getting out of prison or whatever yeah they're
1: still around
2: i'm on their site right now you can get a trial off for 10 weeks for 99 cents if you're interested there is you it daily
1: or it's it's the weekly one you said
2: new york daily news I 10 weeks it's for daily. 90,
1: 10 weeks for 99 cents it seems like a deal right sign up It's going to like automatically, it's like 10 cents for like the first few and then you're going to start getting charged. (laughs) Dave, you should do it and then let us know. (laughs) I'll
0: get on that right after the show.
1: Do it for the bonus. The patrons demand it. So on June
0: 26, 1977, Sal Lupo, age 20, and Judy Placido, age 17, had left the Eliphas Disco in Bayside, Queens and were sitting in Sal's car. At 3 a.m., David walked up to the car and fired three quick shots. Sal was wounded by the glass on his right forearm, and Judy was shot in the right temple, shoulder, and back of the neck, and both of them survived. Mm, Lucky. Yeah, That's the thing that you were saying earlier about why are you sitting in your car. The whole city is in a fucking panic at this point, and you're just hanging out in your car. They
1: literally did what you're not supposed to do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and he's got to be really close because it's
2: not easy, I, I think, to shoot people through a car window like that unless you're right up on it right
0: yeah he would have to just walk straight up
2: yeah. to it and start right up on
0: him
1: but then again if he's doing that and he's up like they're not going to see his face you know he might just be holding the gun down at his waist and he walks so close they they just look and see chest and stomach yeah and boom yeah. boom he's shooting unless he is down and looking <clears throat> at him but
0: well a lot of these couples were um in a conversation talking to each other some of them We're like kissing and making out and shit. So they're not paying attention. Some guy just walks up and, you know, it's just not, not wise after the whole city's in a panic and warning you not to do it. You're just
1: hanging out. Dude's trying to get a hand job and boom, next thing you know, you're dead.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Exactly. (laughs) So, neither of them, again, neither of them had seen David, but two eyewitnesses said they saw a dark-haired man running from the scene, and one of them said that he got into a car and was able to provide police with a partial license plate number. The witness also said that a blonde-haired man was driving, so again, police were still on this thing of multiple perpetrators. Hmm. So, right after this happened, that uh,
2: that big blackout in New York City was in the middle of July, too. Oh, where okay. The power was out across the whole city. Right. That's that Spike Lee movie, Summer of Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure the whole, you know, two nights of no power across the whole city. So the air conditioners were out. So people were probably all congregating outside with right. this maniac.
1: But then if all the discos were closed, then they're <laughs> safe. <laughs> I just, just, I bet
2: just it was the nuts disco. on a yeah. couple
0: days. When
1: they, did that happen? When was the blackout?
0: July 13th and 14th of
1: 77? Yeah,
0: right in between here. That movie shows a good job of people. Just taking like vigilante shit upon themselves and thinking, Did that it, yeah, nonsense. I'm trying to, I don't remember exactly, but they suspect like some just like it's like, all oh, that guy's kind of odd, He's must be in the son neighborhood. of Sam, beat yeah. <laughs> his ass, oh my gosh.
1: <laughs>
3: uh,
0: just stay home.
1: And you, call, <laughs> and you call New York City your favorite city in America. I love New York, it's a Get lot out of fun. Times Square is fun. I've actually not been,
2: I was it's only, on my list, but it's I don't enjoy Times Square, that's too many people for me, but.
0: It's something you should see once.
2: I, I don't yeah. disagree.
0: I liked it. I man. could not live anywhere remotely close in there, man. That would be oh, I would. I love it. I stressful love as city. fuck. You can get
2: anything yeah. you
1: want at
0: three o'clock in the morning.
2: Well, it's just that's it's everything. Not, it's I great. Want, you
1: know, if man. I'm laying in bed and I want some chicken tenders and ranch at 3 a.m., I'm going to get it.
0: I love it. Yeah, they were there was a guy that got me with the fucking flower thing because I was walking with a girl. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, when he handed you one yeah. and you yeah. kept walking, and he's like, "No, no, no, no you got to pay." I'm like, "Get the fuck out of here, man!" He was <laughs> like, "Don't try and pull that." Oh, those shit Hare out Krishnas?
2: Me. Is that what those were?
0: I don't know if it's a Hari. I saw Krishna that last time I was there. Yeah, he was like, he handed me, and I'm like, "All right, whatever, dude." And I started walking away. He was like running after me, telling me it was like ten bucks or something. I'm Like, get the fuck <laughs> out of here, dude! I'm not giving you any money.
1: <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I like Washington, D.C. That and Minneapolis, I think, are my two favorite cities. I think we've talked about this before. D.C.'s a lot. I love
0: D.C. D.C.'s fun. Yeah. I like the Carolinas and Georgia.
1: Those are all nice. D.C.'s nice, too, because everything's free. All the museums and exhibits and stuff. Lots to do. Just go straight up there.
0: It's no Cleveland, Ohio, but, you know. Well,
1: Mm -hmm. Nothing is.
0: So, on the one year anniversary, police ramped up the surveillance of Queens and the Bronx, where David had previously attacked. But in the early hours of July 31st, 1977, David would commit his final murder in Brooklyn. What a dick. Well, they, I mean, he had to have known. In his letter, he said the 29th. He, he, you know, cited that it, the one-year anniversary that yeah. something was going to happen. But people are like, all right, we're going to stay out of the Bronx, stay out of Queens, we're going to hang out in Brooklyn tonight. So yeah. This asshole's in Brooklyn now. Stacy Moskowitz and Robert Violante, both were age 20, were parked in Robert's car in Bath Beach, Brooklyn. They were kissing when David approached the car and fired four shots into the window, shooting both Stacy and Robert in the head before running away. Robert would survive losing one of his eyes, but Stacy died from the gunshot. Mm. That same night, Cecilia Davis was walking her dog when she saw a patrol officer named Michael Cataneo issue a ticket to a car that was parked in front of a fire hydrant. On her way back home, she saw a young man look at the ticket and throw it on the ground. Um, she walked past him and said it looked like it had, he had something dark in his hand, and then moment la- moments later, she heard gunshots and ran home. So she heard the gunshots mm. from the, the Stacey Moskowitz murder. This is just dumb luck that uh, yeah this happened. It's usually how a lot of these assholes yeah. get caught. Yeah. Four days later, she contacted police with what she had seen, and police went through every car that had been ticketed that night, and they found that a 1970 yellow Ford Galaxy belonging to a David Berkowitz was one of the cars that got a ticket that night.
2: Sloppy. Very sloppy.
0: Maybe when you're out killing people you shouldn't park in front of a fire
1: hydrant. Also don't have a yellow car. <laughs> yeah. Didn't uh Bumble Butt have like a yellow car?
0: I think he had a Ford Galaxy as well.
1: Yeah. It's we the posted m- a picture of it.
0: Murdermobile. Yeah. David's was a four door though.
1: Hmm.
0: From what I saw. Kemper had a two door, which was even more ridiculous for how big he <laughs> was. Big ass <laughs> <of> <laughs> On August 10th, 1977, police investigated David's car while it was parked outside his apartment building. They were And they were just looking in the windows, and they noticed that there was a rifle in the back seat, and this gave them probable cause to actually search his vehicle. Inside, they found a duffel bag filled with ammunition, maps of the crime scenes, and a threatening letter addressed to Inspector Timothy Dowd. This guy thought people would never catch him. That's pretty brazen,
2: leaving yeah. all that shit laying around. Yeah, very they sloppy. All, they're all
1: like they all get so cocky. Yeah, we yeah. just talked about, um, oh boy, who did we just? Uh, Wayne Williams was. Uh, he was real cocky.
2: Oh, out there with is? his yeah. press
0: conference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they just feel yeah. like
1: they're above above it all. Yeah, yeah,
0: very arrogant. Most of them wasn't it
1: Jerry Brudos too? Also, was like letting them search his home or? Oh yeah, he yeah. was. Hey, hey look guys around, guys. Here, take it some of this it rope. Mountain, t- <laughs> mountain tit, <laughs> desk weight. And... <laughs> like, I guess I'd feel brave too if a car crashed into my garage police <laughs> came to the scene never bothered to look in the garage and see the body hanging there
2: yeah start to feel invincible like the cops right. are so fucking dumb they're never going to be able to catch me yep.
0: police waited outside for david to leave instead of instead of risking a shootout in the apartment building because i mean you know they're, they're probably thinking just based off the letters this guy's out of his fucking mind we're not going to go in there and storm the place and have a shootout with other people around like he's got like a gatling gun in his apartment <laughs> he just starts unloading through the walls um they also wanted a search warrant for his apartment um so nothing could be challenged in court finally david left his apartment at 10 p.m that night and once he was in his car detective john falatico came up from around the side of the car and pointed his gun at david's temple and david just smiled and said quote well you got me How come it took you Such a long time That sounds familiar Like
2: Like I've heard Other people do that When they got caught Some of these other clowns We've talked
0: about Did
1: we talk about someone Who said something like that I don't know
0: it Sounds very familiar Maybe not It didn't, Very well could be yeah. A lot yeah, of these remember. guys Are just think it's I know one of the cops Said something something I was watching and he had like this really strong New York accent and said like when they caught him he was like he had a dumb look on his face smiling thinking it was a kids game but you could imagine like a really strong Brooklyn yeah, thing and yeah. yeah, it was funny
1: plus you look at a picture of Berkowitz he always had a dumb look on his yeah. face his face is just dumb
0: and one of the other cops said it was like talking to a head of cabbage oh. <laughs> talking
3: to God. him oh,
1: God. <laughs>
0: So when police searched David's apartment, it was just a complete like clusterfuck of stuff everywhere, um, and the walls were covered in satanic graffiti, like those quotes, like that one quote about turning kids into killers and shit. They also found diaries that he had kept since he was 21 years old, and those detailed all those um, those arsons. And I forgot to bring this up at the beginning because this this story is just fucking wild. During when he was going on that arson run, he looked. Li- at one of his old apartments that he lived in, he would send his neighbor downstairs like those the weird son of Sam letters before he started killing. He was sending this guy these weird ass threatening letters. But on multiple times he tried to build burn down his own apartment building <laughs> <laughs> and he left um he left a bag on fire on that guy's front stoop trying to burn his place down. When that didn't work a second time, he left another bag on fire and then just threw a bunch of 22 bullets into it and they just started fucking <laughs> shooting everywhere. Holy shit. Yeah. I don't know why that guy never called the cops on him or yeah. it's like this asshole just fucking lit a bag on fire and threw 22 bullets in there. But. You're supposed to do flaming bag of dog shit, not 22 <laughs> rounds. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's Dosh, not funny. Dog shit's funny. It's <laughs> not so much.
0: Yeah, it's just an interesting side note. I forgot to mention because <laughs> I was I was just picturing that in my head. I'm like, man, that's a fucking wild ass scene. Yeah. So around one a.m. that night, uh, Mayor Abraham Beam came to the police station to see David for himself. David didn't say anything. Just just stared at him and afterwards the mayor said quote the people of New York can rest easy because of the fact the police have captured a man whom they believe is the son of Sam
2: yay
0: on August 11th 1977 David just quickly confessed all the shootings and told the whole story about Sam Carr's black lab named Harvey and the whole possession thing and that he wanted to plead guilty to the crimes On September 19th, 1977, David was allowed to start communicating with the media and he sent a letter to the New York Post alluding to the suspicion that he had accomplices saying quote, there are other sons out there. God help the world.
1: So is he just doing this now all for attention? Like wanting to confess to all the crimes, but now saying that he had accomplices and there's other people like what's, what's his end game here? He
0: bounces back and forth a lot between stuff. He's just trying to make the story more interesting. I think part of the thing of wanting to plead guilty is so no one could challenge his bullshit in court. And he could just say I'm guilty and no one would, you know, question the whole son of Sam thing. No one, you know.
1: So he can keep that story to live on. Because he confessed to all of it. He's guilty. And now here's the son of Sam story. Mm
0: -hmm. Because we'll see that in a little bit here when he gets called out on that. Yeah. Three mental health examinations found David competent to stand trial. His lawyers wanted him to plead not guilty due to reason of, reason of insanity, but David refused. And on May 8th, 1978, he entered a guilty plea to all of the shootings. At his sentencing, he tried to jump out of the courtroom window. And <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's where Bundy got, uh, got his it, move from. Just hop out the window and run away. <laughs>
1: i wish there was video of that
0: (laughs) well when he was restrained he started repeatedly saying and they said it was like chanting that uh stacy was a whore and then yelled that i'd kill her again i'd kill all of them again
1: stacy was a whore stacy was a whore i'd kill her again i'd kill them all again
0: the court ordered another mental examination of David, but again, he was found competent to stand trial. They're like, he's just a fucking asshole. <laughs> right. He's not insane. Yeah. On June 12th, 1978, he was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison for each murder to be served consecutively. He was sent to Attica Correctional Facility, and due to the conditions of his guilty plea, he was eligible for parole in 2002. But we'll, we'll get into his parole shit in a little bit. He's out right now, right? Just living a normal life, had a couple kids.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see you guys next week.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so for anybody that's seen Hunter, they...
1: Nobody who listens to our show watches mine. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they depict it as um, the Holden Ford character, which would be John Douglas, was the one to push back against David's uh, his stories. But it was really Robert Ressler in real life. And he was the first person to push to push back against the whole Son of Sam stuff and basically told him, just cut the bullshit. He's you like, you're a fraud. You he yeah. had him pegged from day one. Yeah, quit quit with the fucking no. possession yeah. shit. Just tell the truth. Um, he interviewed him three times. To- they interviewed him three times, and Wrestler was able to get David to finally admit that the whole Demon Dog story was just a way for investigators to think he was insane if they caught him. David also told Wrestler the real reason for the killings was out of resentment towards his birth mother and not be being able to establish relationships with women. That's a little more plausible now. Yeah, not Harvey the black lab. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> did, was there record? I don't if you touched on this, I missed it. That he actually tried to establish relationships with women. Like he was antisocial. He there, never even tried to like go out with girls, did he? There
0: are some accounts that talk about prostitutes and while well, he was stationed in Korea, but. It's, Those it, were our accounts. No, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> but nothing ever came of it. He just, yeah. So virgin. he was upset
1: he couldn't maintain a relationship with the prostitute. I mean, that maybe he didn't know how that relationship works. I mean, once you pay them, they leave. Well, I
2: think
0: we're still claiming as a virgin to this day,
1: yeah.
2: right? Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it's no excuse, but that does that would suck if you can't even do it with the pro, pay for it. Yeah.
1: But why couldn't he? I guess, is my Just like the
0: social awkwardness of like it. Like, he
1: was so socially awkward that the prostitutes were like, no way, dude.
0: That's what it sounded like, yeah. It's a serious case of blue balls. I mean, goddamn. Yeah. Was he
2: like 66 now? Yeah. Well, but he would yeah. beat off,
1: right? That's what yeah. he said. So he is at least getting himself off, but <laughs> man. Yeah. One girl. If he could have had one girl, maybe he would have saved all these lives.
0: That's why I said in the beginning of this that he's like the blueprint for this. Uh, Incels. Yeah, the whole incel thing, just miserable fucks online that mm. blame women for the fact that they have no game. Or just socially awkward. Like change something about yourself, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Don't be creepy. <laughs> be normal. And Girls will talk to you. It's not yeah. very difficult. Just be friendly.
0: Yeah. It's a those shave, insult Shave boards. your neck beard. Those?
1: Stop sweating all the time. Yeah. Are you not- talking to me? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> those incel boards, man. Those are some wild ass places. Just to go and read Jesus. that shit. I don't even know what incel boards are. Incel, involuntary celibacy, right? Yeah. Involuntary celibate, or in, yeah, involuntary. involuntary. Celibacy. Sorry, I asked. Yeah. Can't get a get a girl, so it's all their fault. So they have like just little support
1: groups for being weirdos because they can't get girls.
0: Yeah, but they're usually pretty violent. <laughs> some mm. oh, of them, tur- like, some of them turn out to be violent. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a really toxic. Uh, like a breeding ground for mm-hmm. breeding Violence ground for assholes. women. Yeah. And they all had their standards were also fucking high on those things. They all think that they just like deserve to be like data model mm-hmm. or and all this shit. It's clowns. S- stupid. Just clowns. Yeah. So David said that he would become sexually aroused by the thrill of killing and just stalking the victims. He said he stalked people nightly. And when he couldn't find someone to attack, he would just go back to the crime to one of the crime scenes and reenact the crime. So I don't know what that means if he like got out of his car and was like,
1: it was like he was just like larping, like <laughs> <laughs> finger guns out there. Pew pew. <laughs> How's that go, Dave? We still have that noise <laughs> somewhere. Pew 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 pew. And then in his pants, he's going pew pew <laughs> pew pew pew. <laughs> He's got to run home and change. Well, he was
0: very adamant that even though he he went home to masturbate after uh, stalking and killing, his crimes were not sexually motivated. So uh-huh. they weren't
1: sexually motivated, but after the fact, he would get turned on well, by thinking about them.
0: That's according to his words. I th- What it sounded like from him is he didn't want to sound like a pervert or something to the world. I mean, shooting girls in the head is yeah, one think, thing, but being a perv. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's the least of your worries there, Pally. Yeah, I think he didn't want to be lumped in with guys like Kemper.
1: So, so and there stuff is like so there is thought that then this was all sexually motivated. It wasn't just an anger towards women. That there was of some sexual motivation. There was some sexual to motivation to it, but he claims no. I mean, the fact that no, he's I just going went home, home and beat <laughs> off after every. <laughs> Maybe kill. that was secondary. You know, secondary but, uh, motivation. So yeah, I, but he's claiming none. Mm-hmm. I absolutely can believe it's part. Sure, of it. you would have to. I mean, it, it. I don't believe it is. It, it, <laughs> He's going home and beating off after every kill. Right.
0: So shortly after the sessions with wrestler, David publicly admitted that the demonic possession stuff was, was a hoax. He said that he had been thinking about murdering people for a long time, and it was just to get revenge on a world that he felt rejected him and hurt him. So basically the Aww. crybaby incel mm. bullshit. We should just do an
1: episode on incel one time and just fucking slay them. <laughs> if we could. Then they're going to be out here with AR-15s <laughs> yeah. slaying us. Uh, we're not women.
0: <laughs> so in uh, in 1987, David became an evangelical Christian in prison. Oh, isn't that nice? <laughs> According to him, he converted when reading a Bible that uh, that had been given to him by another inmate. He said that he's no longer to be referred as son of Sam and now wants to be called son of hope.
1: <laughs> it's inspiring that he was able to find God in the Bible and turn his life around, and now he's accepted into heaven. You know what's so fucking stupid about that
0: stuff, though, that I can't stand? is like Ted Bundy. Remember he, his last interview was with that preacher, that evangelical yeah. guy, and it was like, oh, God has forgiven them. There you go, Christians. These are the assholes you're going to be in heaven with. Have fun. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that whole. Hope there's no
1: discos. <laughs>
0: I mean, do whatever you want. I don't give a fuck what people believe in. But when you start saying that people are like forgiven for all this shit yeah. and stuff, it's like no. And I know the people. If you guys remember from Columbine, the girl, that whole myth of the girl that said yes thing, where. Mm -hmm. One of the one of them supposedly said, "Do you believe in God?" And she said, "Yes." And I remember that. Yeah, those people that concocted that whole thing like have clung on to Mm. David Berkowitz's like this whole redemption thing. And that whole story is a myth. That didn't even happen. It's a myth. Yeah.
1: So it's just stupid, obnoxious shit. For the record, there's no discos in heaven. Jesus likes rock and roll. His favorite (laughs) band was Sister Hazel.
2: (laughs) Sister Hazel.
0: So then we go to, when we get to 1993, this is stuff that I did not know about this case. So David announced in a press conference that he had been involved in a cult called the Process Church of the Final Judgment, and that he killed only three of the Son of Sam victims, Donna Loria, Alexander Esau, and Valentina Sur- Suriani. In
1: 1993, why is David even talking to the press?
0: bored. Sitting like, in writing, jail he's writing letters, I'm assuming? They just did an interview with him not that long ago. I mean... Why are we giving
1: these people microphones? Why are people reason. giving us microphones? <laughs> like, some people just shouldn't be allowed to talk. Us included. Yeah, he's just... I don't know.
0: I mean, he's one of the top five, so if he's willing to talk,
1: people are going to watch it. I mean, I guess. Yeah, you they're going to get ratings and money and whatever.
0: Yeah. Um, What did you say, the top five? I would think so. See, he's, he's rating them
2: on his serial killer-ness. <laughs> He's the one giving them the glamour.
1: Well, that's true. we got to keep a board in here of the top five <laughs> the top. for all of our topics. we
0: we'll have like those magnets you can move up the yeah. list when someone goes yeah. higher. I think Jeffrey Dahmer is probably number one of all time, right? Most popular. I don't know. I learn about these people as we go. I would assume either him or Ted Bundy.
1: Yeah. We drop into right. teasers for future Necronomapod John Wayne
0: Yeah, he's up there. So <laughs> Yeah. so this whole process church of the final judgment thing that's a full episode on itself it's a offshoot of scientology but they ended in 1975 but then like these splinter groups spawned out of it that were just calling themselves the process Hmm. There's stuff about them like sacrificing German Shepherd dogs because like the the strong bloodline of German Shepherds
1: (laughs) is uncalled
0: for, and there's like evidence to suggest that going around in New York at this time because. They had found some mutilated German Shepherds and shit. Interesting. Yeah, this is where the story gets really, really weird. So in this new version of the story, David said that other shooters were involved and that he fired the gun only in the first attack, which was the Loria and Valentini one, and the sixth, Esau and Siriani. He said that he and several other cult members were involved in every incident by planning the events providing early surveillance of the victims and acting as lookouts and drivers at the crime scenes. So that kind of fits in with the blonde haired guy that was supposed that was seen driving David away from one of these.
2: How long were these people sitting in parked cars though that you would have early surveillance? I don't know what that means exactly. Yeah. I don't it's not know. like you're staking out someone's house. They like how
0: would you know they're even gonna be there at that time? Interesting. Yeah. Or unless you're, I don't maybe watching someone's patterns, but I don't, you know, I don't know. Hmm. David said that he could not provide the names of most of his accomplices without putting his family directly at risk.
1: What, what fucking family? Yeah, what does a he family? Have? I guess it's David. that mother-in-law Nat- that hates his ass yeah, down in Florida. A bitchy mother-in-law. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's like David. Who? <laughs> no fucking David. From what we learned, he'd be pretty happy to see her at risk. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> so among David's alleged unnamed associates was a female cult member who he claims fired the gun at De Niro and Keenan. They survived because this alleged accomplice was unfamiliar with the recoil of a 44 Bulldog. Hmm. David said that at least five cult members at the Freund and Deal shooting but the actual shooter was a prominent cult associate who had been brought in from outside New York, and David didn't know why they brought this person in. This cult member only identified himself by a nickname, Manson (laughs) Two. Okay. (laughs) This is going off the rails now. He said another unnamed person was the gunman in the Moskowitz and Violante case. Uh, This was a male cult member who had arrived from North Dakota, for the killing without any explanation (laughs) david did name two cult members john and michael carr two men who were sons of the dog owner sam carr and they lived by on
1: uh, Warburton avenue they were the sons of the dog owner the dog was possessed by the son of the demon the demon right He's just trolling
0: at this point. Well, there's proof that there there's substantial evidence that John and Michael Carr actually were involved in one of these process groups. All right, maybe he's not just trolling <laughs> at this point. Both of these other sons of Sam were long dead. Uh, John Carr had been killed by a shooting that was ruled to be a suicide in North Dakota during 78, and Michael Carr had been in a fatal car accident in 79. So
1: these two brothers died within a year of each other? Yeah. Wow.
0: David claimed the actual perpetrator of the Damasian Lamino shooting was John Carr, and he added that a Yonkers police officer that was also a cult member was involved in this crime. And he claimed that Michael Carr fired the shots at Lupo and Placido. There's the other thing, there was another piece that showed that he could have been, that kind of led people to believe that he was involved with the two Carr brothers because in the one letter he says, uh, son of Sam has many, or father Sam has many heart attacks than that first letter. Mm -hmm. And Sam Carr had multiple heart attacks in real life. Hmm. And, and there's a, a lot more you can go into with that, but due to actual verifiable evidence like the the Carr brothers and stuff, the investigators never believed that he acted alone, and the case was reopened in 1996. It never went anywhere. They couldn't really prove anything, but it's still open to this day because they don't believe that he did this by himself. There's enough
1: there to make you think about it.
0: Yeah. Especially the blonde guy sighting. That was seen multiple times. And the police never thought that he did it alone. Based on that? Based on that and I guess other things about the crime scenes and stuff. But so Hmm. because the, the case is open, police thought that he had accomplices. But John Douglas and Robert Ressler from the FBI Behavioral Science Unit, they both fully believed that based on their interviews with him that he acted alone. They said that he wouldn't have the social skills to interact with other people and coordinate something. That's true. I mean, yeah. he didn't have that, right? At least couldn't even pay a hooker. He's going to get
1: involved yeah, right. in
0: like a murderous cult uh, conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's that that process church thing is really interesting. But um, so, before his first parole hearing in 2002, David sent a letter to New York Governor George Pataki asking that it be canceled. He wrote, quote, in all honesty, I believe that I deserve to be in prison for the rest of my life. I have, with God's help, long ago come to the terms with my situation and have accepted my punishment.
1: I have accepted my punishment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so they just, they rejected it and it never even happened. But so he's entitled to a parole hearing every two years that's and it's mandated by state law.
1: And that's often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was... What, New York state law.
2: You got to go in there like Red and Shawshank and give them some lip, and then they stamp it
0: approved. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it works.
1: As soon as he stopped caring, is when they, right. uh, they let him go.
0: Right. But he's consistently refused to ask for his relief release, and he skipped a couple of the hearings.
1: I just we, slept in that day, decided not said, to fuck go. fuck I'm not going.
0: In his 2016 hearing, David said that while parole was, quote, unrealistic, he felt that he had improved himself behind bars, adding quote, I feel I am no risk whatsoever, and his lawyer Mark Heller said or noted that prison staff considered David to be a model prisoner, but they denied his parole. Good, and he's still in, yeah, he's still in prison, and 66 years old,
1: and he will die there.
0: Yes. What he, a fucking maniac! It's a it's interesting, man. I oh, it's interesting. So I said, say what you will about him, but he was the letters are creepy as fuck. He, had some good names for himself.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think he, he knew what he was doing. He just wanted to throw people off, keep keep things maybe exciting for him.
0: Yeah. I don't think he was crazy. I think he's just like that lone, like we were saying, that lone killer that's inadequate and, or feels Hates inadequate. Hates the world for it. And yeah. It's going to kill some women. And he just decided to make up some crazy-ass story and, and roll with it. Because I'm pretty sure if I read things correctly, he's back to the Son of Sam story now again. Like oh, the, he recanted the Yeah, recant. that the dog is back in charge uh, of everything. Oh he wasn't
1: having fun anymore with the story, so he had to go back uh, to that yeah. one and keep things fresh for him. Yeah, he's That's back when he to, got the most notoriety and attention. So.
0: Yeah. Son of Hope isn't very good. It's not great. No.
1: doesn't flow.
0: Son of Sam, however, that, I'm just, I just think back in the day, man, 70s that everybody's freaking out, that comes out. Everybody's like, who the fuck is Sam? Who's yeah. controlling this guy? You know? No, right. No.
1: That's that's creepy. I mean, it no ter- c-
0: terrorized the city for a year.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, but, not enough to keep these people from necking and parking in the cars. <laughs> right.
0: Necking. <but>, so.
1: <laughs> so, lesson to be learned disco kills.
0: Don't go to the disco. No. So that's on no. to Sam. It's quite a tale, Ian. Yep. First yeah. Patreon. What a way to one. kick it off. Good bonus episode. episode. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was a hearty one. Everyone's going to feel left out who didn't join Patreon. Until they sign up and then they have yeah, access they to this episode. <laughs> okay. Well, Ian, you got anything else on Son of Sam?
0: Nope. I'm D- good on David Berkowitz. Dave, you got anything else you want to add here? I do not.
1: Take any last jabs at Christianity or anything?
0: Nah, not today. No, not okay.
1: feeling it
2: today. <laughs> I'm thinking about converting, so we'll see how that goes. Okay.
1: All right. Well, that'll do it. Thanks, everyone, for signing up for Patreon. We hope we uh, thus far have made it worth your while. Again, use those uh, discount um, uh, coupon codes for the um, Necronomapod store. Uh, We're putting the orders in as of Friday, that it will be tomorrow, if you're listening to this, on Thursday the 4th. Tomorrow, Friday the 5th. uh, I'm sorry, if you're listening to this on Thursday the 5th, we are putting in the orders on Friday the 6th. So use those coupon codes and we'll get the shirts ordered. Um, we are also, like we said at the top of the show, going to be on Discord tonight, all three of us. That will be Thursday the 5th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here in the United States. All three of us will be in the Discord room at 8 o'clock. So come on in and uh, if you haven't joined Discord, sign up. It's It's been a lot of fun so far. If you are already on Discord, we'll see you at 8 o'clock and we'll talk about uh, piece of shit Berkowitz or anything else you guys want to chat about. <coughs> Britney Spears. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I think that's about it. We'll have stickers come into the store soon. So you can, you can purchase some of those. And we'll be back, I think, next Thursday with another bonus episode for you patrons only. Yep. And then we will see you guys on Sunday. So, all right. See ya. Cheers.